0: Okay, here we go. Welcome to part two, guys. If you have not listened to part one, I'll leave everything in the episode notes. And then uh, just like you just heard, make sure you visit our sponsors that are also in the episode notes. Uh, Everything from Perfect Keto to Garden, which if you follow me on social media, is an incredible garden at home system, which is unbelievable. Everything's powered by AI including the lights, the water, everything's automatic. If you don't have a green thumb, this thing's for you. And that brand in particular is given $100 off if you listen to the podcast. So check that link below uh, and you'll find that in the sponsors section of the episode notes. But without further ado, let's hop into part two of this incredible podcast with my buddy, Bobby Hicks.
1: Like, I also think that, like for me, I think the thing that, separates a lot of like, I think there's a certain point, there's a plateau that you kind of hit as well, right? Where sure. it's like, you will create, 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 and you'll hit a certain point where there's only so much that you can physically do, right? Mm. And then there will be a certain point where it's like, if you are able to play the cards smart, right? You'll be able to actually make just enough money to find like a team that might be able to also like help you exponentially increase the amount of content and, and, Mm. and kind of like drive directions, you know, like I get the quick example is Joshua Weissman. You know, it's like, if, if you watch any, I mean, at this point I feel like you might actually know who he is, but it's like, without even, you know, like being in a cooking culinary kind of aspect of things like the name at least sounds familiar. And the guy went from being like a chef, you know, for his entire life, like he was just an incredibly passionate cook. You know, that that uh, started off as like a young kid, you know, worked in restaurants like from ground up, like never went to culinary school or anything like this, wanted to do something a little bit more. You know, it's like he ended up wanting to kind of just make content that he that he he felt be better than like what was being shown in TV and stuff. Mm -hmm. Ended up shooting like basically really shitty videos. Right. But they had value. And he did it to a point of time where, you know, it's like he had a good idea. He executed this idea for this video. He got to a certain point, got his chops. And then that video took off, went viral. He was making like $30,000 a month, you know, just of like the account, the, the virality that his, his like account was getting. And he took that money and he invested it in like a team that was basically able to like help manage, art direct, edit, shoot, all these things. And went from basically like having this team to creating an empire. And so Mm. now it's like, you think of like Babish, you think of Joshua Weissman, you know, it's like Peter McKinnon, you know, it's like these, these creatives that are just like huge, you know, they have teams that are behind them. And it's like, that's where I've never managed to get. That's something that that's where like, I would like to get. And, and, you know, obviously it's tougher, I think for maybe both of us because we're both in 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 florida you're in you're in tampa i'm in south florida yeah it's not exactly like the most it's not the same thing as, like, it's like being new in new york city and having <laughs> yeah you know it's like it's like we got yeah. miami and stuff but it's you know like i would love to be able to find like trustworthy people that i could hire and like pay you know to like help me so that it's yeah. like you like you guys help shoot this you guys edit this we'll crank this out the content goes up because it's like at a certain point that's where the struggle bus kind of gets like a little rocky and stuff because it's like making the content producing it coming up with the idea is like this is all stuff that you and i love doing we love to do you love to do your podcast i love to make my cooking videos the thing that gets tough about it is that it's like there's an ebb and flow of like what your energy demands are. You're in, you're in the mode right now. Like we're, t- we're talking and it's just like energy at 11. We're both feeling really good. Yeah. And then when it comes time later on for you to edit this, you're going to be energy level four and just be like going through the motions because you got to get through it. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: It's the same thing for me when I'm editing. I love the editing process. I love getting it done and being creative and seeing things differently, but it is one of those things where it's like, if I had a team to help, Then all of a sudden it's just like you were able to not only tap into that audience more regularly, but these other people might actually have ideas that that are more up to date, more, more forward thinking. Like they might be able to see something and do like the shorter form content and bust out a ton of that stuff that like I wouldn't necessarily do or think of.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I even I even play. That's such a great point because I played around with uh, this company called Blank Slate, which is a really cool short form. Uh, they essentially just create, whether it's horizontal or vertical, uh, short form content. But everything's done through uh, a shared drive, and they pay for the month, or you pay for the month, rather. And then you get two to four clips, depending on what you're looking for. So what I wanted to do is back catalog all my podcasts. I think this will be probably episode, like, one- 199 or maybe 200. So That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, sick, right? So I was like, fuck, I have so much content out there, but I don't want to sift through everything because I also want to do the podcast, plus I want to like create content, and I got the me cute things. So I'm like, I'm not going to go back and watch hours and hours. So I send them all these videos and I'm like, I want 10 clips of each of these. And it was a pretty hefty price. I mean, it broke down to like 30 bucks a video. But what what I found out was now I have a year of vertical clips that i could just put on youtube shorts and schedule the post so i scheduled out like four months of shorts so now i'm not posting anything on on youtube shorts I'm, I'm doing occasional TikToks and instagram reels but now i can actually take a lot of that time that it would have taken me to do that stuff and now i can invest into i could reallocate that time into actually podcasting or creating content yeah so i could the i see what you're saying with like just having people around you that could do that whether you're paying them or you're collaborating or doing some you're trading services, like whatever you could do, if you could surround yourself with those people, it just makes your time. Cause that, that is the one thing I notice about being a creator is time to me is more important than the project because I could spend X amount of time on a project and the more time I spend on it, it doesn't necessarily, it's going to be better, especially nowadays because I, I, yeah. I found myself being so picky right, whether it's a podcast or just the UGC stuff and just creating the content being like doing my own revisions. And I'm like, I, I need to make this perfect. But then I realize, oh, fuck, I spent five hours on one project. I could have done five other projects and make more money. So mm. you kind of get like in this mode of that's that time management where you got to realize that like a uh, server at a restaurant, sometimes it's got to be about the I got to turn the tables. I got to get the customers in. I got to get them out. And sometimes it's where you want to spend a little bit more time. Sometimes it's not, you know, you just got to kind of juggle those, those two balls.
1: I think, but. I think like the other struggle that like a lot of people fall into is just, I, I'd kind of touched on this at the beginning of things, but it's like that, that idea of like, you know, do you, do you create content that is something that you can then utilize to pitch to brands like the way that I do, where it's like, I created retro recipes fully with the idea that I was going to be able to like send this to a company with as a proof of concept and be like, this is why I think that you want to use your meter thermometer. You know, it's like with me because I can do this in this very creative different way. And you do it like that. Or, you know, where it's like, that's how I generally make my income. I'm not making income based off of like views and stuff. Like I might, I think I'd make like 300 bucks, maybe a month on on like TikTok, if that you know it's yeah. like that's that's not enough to even pay the gross it's like that's right. that's that that's such a minimal amount of, of yeah. income that it doesn't even feel like there you and know they could or pull that do you, they
0: could pull that at any moment too that's the-
1: <laughs> any day you yeah. know or do you take the approach where it's like you are in the you kind of of things where you like you're just trying to get duration of time views and things like this. And so sometimes it's just absurd sensationalism. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, this is where the road is also getting like the picture is getting a little blurry because Mm -hmm. it's like at the end of the day, like you, you generally see people struggling with this and they kind of create like this weird bastardized version of the two things where it's just Mm -hmm. like, they make something that is absurd that you want to watch because it's just so dumb or it's so unbelievable or anything like this. And then they hold up their hand, they're like, money, please, you know? And it's just like that's like I think yeah. that we're at this weird place right now where it's just like, how do you I don't know, it's so it's so tricky because it's like as I'm even saying it, it's like it's kind of like this weird loop because it's like there is no answer. How do you create right. meaningful content that's engaging enough that people want to watch it for yeah. You know, for what your niche is, because for cooking, it's like I feel like I'm I'm in a better position than most, where it's like cooking, I feel like is a universal interest. Mm-hmm. You know, I made the example recently that it's like you could be like a teenager in India that happens to, you know, pop on TikTok and see one of my videos. And even though you have no idea what might be going on or have no cultural reference relationship to what I'm doing, you still might at least be able to enjoy this like me yeah. making a silly thing. But at the same time, appreciated if I add like an ad in there that's 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 interesting or or fun to watch or something like this. Yeah. But it's, it's like, relatable, you know, it's
0: relatable for sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. But it's like if you are, you know, say a skateboarder that has hundreds and thousands of people that like follow your account because you're a really good skateboarder, mm. you know, you. Um, I, don't, I mean, maybe it's not even like the best example because I'm sure they do get sponsorships and stuff like that with like skateboarding companies or shoe companies. But it's yeah. but it's like, you know what I'm kind of getting at? Is it's just yeah. like a certain well, it's, where it's and like it's, you could have millions of views on that, but it's like true. that might not pay you a cent.
0: Yeah. And it's it's the community aspect as well. You know, one thing I noticed with your channel is, uh, at least I do, because I watch every single video and, and try to share as much as I can, is because I not only do I enjoy it, but I feel like I'm a part of the community now. Right? Like, you're, you're in a, an interesting, um, relatable topic, like you said, cooking, but it's also very niche as well because from what I know, there's not really anybody doing it. So when you're watching Start it, you, yeah, when you're watching it, especially not like you do it because it's very unique and it's you um, and you fucking laugh every time. I laugh every time you do it. It's the <laughs> cutest thing ever. And I don't know if you're trying to do it, but that's like your thing. No, like I just... It,
1: that's, that's my thing. I just, I, I nervous <laughs> laugh. I happy laugh. I, you know, it's, it's like, it's great. I, I feel like, and I just laugh at the absurdity of these videos because it's like, you know, that they're not going to be good. And then when yeah. I find that it isn't bad, I'm like, oh, this is insane.
0: And I wait for the reaction because the reaction to me is the best part, you know? And I think that's, what's captivating about your niche is unlike a lot of other things like this podcast, there's so many great nuggets in here and it's what we're going on an hour and fucking something minutes. Not surprisingly. Uh, an hour and 15 minutes. But there's so many great nuggets in here, but there's no like, we don't know what the climax is going to be, right? We don't know the mm-hmm. ending. And what's sexy about your videos, I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong, is the ending of the video, you don't even know what it is, but your audience is sharing the same passion you do, even though it's not live, but they're waiting for the reaction as you are. You don't know if you're going to like this meal. You don't know if it's going to taste good or if it's going to taste bad or what it's going to look like. Is it going to be good? And that's what the audience is like on the edge of their seat, just fucking, what's his face going to fucking, is he going to, is he going to cringe? Like what, like that's the, that's what's captivating about that type of content. And I feel like we, if we're not consuming a video like yours, we're looking for that quick hit of heroin that we get a lot of, which is like, we get, we get the hook. We watch the hook of like some dude doing some stupid video. And it's that first three seconds. He's like, all right, guys, I'm at the edge of the cliff. You won't believe what's going to happen. And you're like, I kind of want to see if this guy dies or not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's that first interaction, that three seconds, and then we're waiting for the end versus like yours. It's just a minute or two minutes, but it's a little bit more entertaining. And I feel like there's only two spectrums. It's like there's entertaining, educational, motivational content that we want to watch the whole thing of. And there's the stupid three-second hook that you get me in, and the video itself is only seven seconds. You know, yeah. and that's what's getting the most views. Like, I realized that in my content, where I had like this guy on that's a, a psychiatrist that we were just talking, uh, Danny Lagar. And he's given this unbelievable, like, gnarly educational content to me. Like, we're talking about married life and words. And, but it was a clip from it. And he talks about, you know, hey, Tony, you're a great guy, but if you're mad at me, I don't give a shit because I don't know you. But if my wife is mad at me, I want to do everything I can to make that better. And I kind of never thought of it like that because obviously the people we surround ourselves with, we want to do whatever we can for them. But when you start having a perception like that, like I'm thinking, dude, this is going to go like this. This is going to have hundreds of thousands of views because that whole clip, that whole podcast was great. But that whole clip was fantastic. It got like, I don't know, a couple thousand. And then I posted a sauna video of me in the sauna. That thing has a half a million views. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's a short video and I'm like, this is where I get confused (laughs) because I'm spending so much time on this, creating this content, what I think is good. But again, then I found myself, what we talked about earlier, which is I need to, you can't think about what the audience wants. You just have to do what you like to do and you have to put out the content and you can't think about how people are going to react because it doesn't matter if it goes viral or not. You know, you can't always think about the micro. You got to think about the macro in the long term. Part of
1: it i think the thing that's difficult also about what you do in particular with the podcasting is that it's like and, and this is not just for you this is for like anybody that has like podcast based content you know especially mm. when they have like visual elements in there you know is it, i've kind of come to find that it's like almost always if they're taking the time to make like a short video that they're sharing on on instagram or TikTok or something like this it's going to be incredibly valuable content right mm. but it's one of those things where because it's just a person talking to you, you're not having kind of like visual differentiation. You're not having clips of other things and kind of making it more cinematic. Mm -hmm. Our brains naturally find it more difficult to just focus on that because again, that, that three, three second attention span thing. So it's like when they see you in a sauna though, that sparks interesting interest and curiosity. And it's kind of like, almost vicarious elements of, of like, Oh, I would love to be sitting in a sauna right now mm. because I feel like maybe in a way, like that's like, that's a little outside of what somebody can experience in that exact moment. Whereas when they're seeing you like in your office right now, like talking about something or sharing a clip of somebody speaking, it's actually mm. just in their office. And, and they're like, Oh, well, I, I can go back to this anytime. Like it, it's about that's finding right. ways to captivate people, and again, it's so tough because it's like I could be doing the same thing in my kitchen, like setting fires or things like this <laughs> to get like to get like that eye popping kind of like, you know, oh, I got to see this. So the way that people edit things where it's like yeah. the very last clip that leads into the beginning of things. So there's a perfect loop like I've tried all these things. And at the end of the day, it's like I just think you, you got to stick with what you're doing and stuff. But just understand that it's like because of what your 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 niche is. You know, it's not necessarily going to have the easiest time peaking people's interest. So even though it's like a 10 out of 10 banger information that you're dropping, you're dropping some like heavy hitting shit, yeah. you know, that's going to absolutely affect somebody's life in a positive way. Visually, maybe it needs to have, I mean, like I've seen people do this where they literally just take stock image photos and they just oh, like yeah. paste it on there. It has nothing to do with anything, right? Nothing to do with it. It could be somebody like flying a kite. And they're talking about like setting fires, but right. it's one of those things where, if you, you are providing,
0: captivate. yeah,
1: if you're providing stimuli, then sure. that's actually going to like periodically shift someone's perception of what's happening, and they're going to retain it. There's there's an entire like science and sub- subconscious like kind of art to getting people to listen to what you're saying on on a platform, especially these days.
0: Yeah, but yeah. it's like
1: maybe maybe try that out one day. Maybe just like take. A banger clip of like but somebody's talking that you want to share that's 20 30 seconds long and then take the visual and then just just or take take the like their their audio and then slap it behind a bunch of random images that pop up after they start talking and just see if that increases the views yeah see so, you because know, i mean think think of you know you're a know, great example great example okay this is a perfect example actually
0: <laughs> i'm so excited
1: we're because I, I, I mean, like just take a minute and think about it. It's the yeah. same idea as like the spinning the plate thing, right? It's like when it when it hits, it's just so good. Yeah. Okay, think about I'm gonna put a little bow in this, okay. So <clears throat> the reason all right, so let me think of how I can say this in a, in a nice concise way. It's a good copy, you yeah, know, but like I think the reason why it's so difficult for people to actually pay attention to things is the same science that is behind why medication commercials, you know, are so like formulaic the way they're designed. Okay, it's like you've got people that are advertising a medication for mesothelioma or whatever it might be. And those advertisements are never, ever in any way related to what they're actually advertising. It's a it's a guy going Mm. bowling when he's (laughs) when it's about erectile dysfunction medication, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a woman picking up her kid when she's got shingles, you know, and some medication Aye. for this, there is, there is an art to what they are doing, they are basically taking imagery that has nothing to do with it, but they're putting it there because it will get you through it. Right. And so if you were to kind of maybe test this out mm. and apply that same kind of concept where it's like, let's say somebody is talking about, this is a guaranteed way to lose 10 pounds. Right. And then you just kind of like start adding stock image clips or or video clips or whatever it might be stuff you've already you filmed yourself, even, you know, of, of things that just might be visually interesting. It doesn't have to be related to it at all. It might actually get more engagement because it has yeah. nothing to do with it, but it's going to get people going through it and listening to it. And yeah, I don't just,
0: know. just good B-roll. Yeah. I love that idea.
1: Cause it's I mean funky. like that, that, yeah. that, that reference though, it's like for when you think of, like any kind of thing that's coming from like Pfizer or big pharma or something like this, they know for a fact that you want nothing to do with this ad. You, you, you could not care less about what like rebuild or whatever (laughs) these things are called are are actually
0: doing. It makes no sense. Yeah.
1: (laughs) No sense whatsoever because you'll see four people that are sitting there, you know, like dancing in a hallway and you're like, "Why are you why are you I can't tell if this is a Thanksgiving advertisement for like Publix or if this is a commercial for like erectile dysfunction, you know?"
0: <laughs> that's so true. I love it. Hey, hold hold that thought. Hold that thought. Um but dude, it's that's so true what you're saying too cuz not only does it not have really anything to do those commercials, and I'm guilty of it as well like watching those commercials. I'm I'm super intrigued. Like if a guy has like ED and I'm like, "Wait a minute, so <laughs> I'm like, wait, he's in the park. So hold on. Is he going to get an erection like right here? Is he not going to get an erection? Right in the park? Like what? (laughs) He's with his dog? (laughs) But yeah, it's true because they want to keep your mind off that because then at the end of the video, they're going to shoot you with the side effects that are like two minutes long. So they want your mind. No, they, they
1: usually sprinkle it right in the middle of it where it's just like, you know, yeah. like that's at the climax okay. of when like he's he's shooting the basket from three points and he's 80 years old it's just like, by the way, you might actually have heart attack and liver failure and jaundice and um, you know, lose like your, lose part. your
0: penis. Yeah. Yeah, it's so um, like
1: you're going to lose a couple of toes.
0: Yeah. It's so crazy. No, dude, that's so true. And yeah, I I have uh, played around a little bit with that. I need to get back into that. It's just again, it's a lot of work obviously to do it's that, a lot but, of work. Yeah, but it's, it might be worth it. And I think, you know, we go back to, we've kind of circled around this a couple of times, but if, if you go back to enjoying it and enjoying the process, mm-hmm. I think that is the key because I, I do truly enjoy that because out of the whatever, a couple thousand views it gets, doesn't matter to me. When I have a few people reach out and say, yo, dude, I heard that podcast and phew, man, I learned a lot. I was going a lot through with my wife and it's just one person, yeah. two people. That's the type of shit that's like, ooh, that, that's cool. That's what you don't get at a nine-to-five. You know, you talked about how before we're sometimes. Yeah. yeah, right? Like sometimes you wish you might have a nine-to-five paycheck. I don't get the praise that I did when I worked at Monster. I don't get the praise like I could do now. And it's not like I'm fame-motivated. Um, it's just the praise as in, like, you're putting out good stuff, dude. Like I worked almost a decade at Monster, got promoted three times, made six figures, and I didn't get a pat on the back. I didn't get a trophy. Mm-hmm. I didn't get again. Not that I I was looking for that, but it just goes to show you that corporations, you're a number. It's just a fact. No matter what company you're in, look at what's happening with the tech world. Google laid off I don't know what it was ten thousand people. Amazon's laying people off. Obviously, Elon went in and cleaned out Twitter. Like five years ago, if you told people, "Oh, dude, I work at Google. I work at Amazon. Like I'm job security." I'm good. And then you got laid off for no reason. You know, they're only laying people off just because we don't know what the economy is going to do. So it's like, what is secure? Well, all I know is I don't know what's secure and what's not, because I've been laid off from corporate jobs and I've quit corporate jobs, but I'm not going to fire myself. Yeah.
1: I I will say that like, like, there is something to be said though, about like, I, and, and again, like this is not for everyone. This is this is one hundred percent something I would like to preface that it's like yeah, sure. th- you and I even had this conversation, and it's like I even said to you, this is not for everyone. I feel like you can do this because you and I have a very similar tendency where if our back is uh, against the wall, it's like we perform better. You mm-hmm. know, I've known you long enough that it's like I understand that this is how you are. This is how we were yeah. in high school, and it's one of those things where it's like if you are. I mean, like, that's one of the biggest motivators for me is that it's like, because I know I don't have necessarily something coming in for uh, X period of time, you know, it's like, I know that I need to like, make that up in some capacity, whether it's, you know, creating a long term uh, contract with the company, or just more, more uh, relationships Ends, or mm. just in that case like just just finding other like monetizing ways to be able to make something come out of it or just create more content that it's like right. whatever it might be it's like you have to find you have to find something like to do really well in this you have to be absolutely focused like you have to have a lot of organization and drive like you have to you have to you cannot have you cannot do this if you need to have somebody like micromanage you and tell you, okay, it's three o'clock. You should be doing this. Like you need to be waking up every single day and just know that this is the kind of shit that you want to do and then make the most of that because you know, it's like, if you can't, then you may as well stick with the nine to five because like you have to have order in that sense. You have to have somebody threatening you. Well, you're not here. You're fired. But it's like for us, yeah, for us, it's like, you know, if, if you know how to, to get through a day, and be productive and do tasks on your own, mm. which sounds kind of simple enough, but it's like, you know, doing it every single day. And I mean, every day, like, there, you know, yeah. Saturdays, sundays i just filmed stuff before we were doing this like i'm yeah. working for a company right now it's sunday yeah. <laughs> you know Man. it's like tomorrow it does it, it, it doesn't change there are no real days off you just get yeah. to choose which 15 hours of the day you get to work
0: <laughs> right and i mean keiko and you are, you are lucky because you're both creatives and you both have been doing this for a long time but it's it's even more funny to me that uh now that i'm doing this full-time brenda even just now you know i was before i started i'm like hey i'm gonna do a podcast with uh bobby she says hi by the way and um she's like but it's sunday and i go so she's like i mean are you like you edited because i edited some shit earlier today she's like but you spent most of the day i was like yeah that's what it is because you know she's so used to monday through friday eight to five like she clocks out and then at 501 if she gets an email she says fuck you and as she should, right? Because the company is only paying you for that time. But it's it's hard, the mentality that, um, you know, there, there's two types of mentalities when it comes to that. And Brenda and I are very different when it comes to that. And it's hard for her to kind of comprehend it, but I've been doing it my whole life. Even when I was at my other jobs, she would always bust my chops, right? Because she's like, you're off work. What That's are you doing? Way. Yeah, so it's like, it's not <clears throat> like it's, I don't know. It's not like we started doing this and then we're like, we need to, we need to work seven days. We need to work 15 hour a day. I think we just have always been like this and the creator world kind of found us, you know, like
1: that's actually a really solid way to put it. Cause even when I was in New York, it's like, I was, you know, like I didn't have to work three jobs at a Mm. time, but I was working three jobs at a time because I, you know, like I wanted the opportunity to work at another place to learn from these other people and every job I was doing was different because it was giving me more like a uh, experience and opportunity to grow and do something different later on. That's right. It's like, I feel like you and I have always had like, a, I feel like actually most of the people that we went to high school with, especially that we still keep in touch with, like have are I. just all, we just all have that thing. You know, it's like yeah. we're all very much related in the sense of like, we will put in like way more effort than another person would have. Yeah. And like, we, we like, we, we are the anti-millennial personality types where it's like we... Oh, I don't I don't sure. expect anybody to give me shit, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I will put in 50% more work <laughs> on top of the 100% that I'm already doing over somebody else would have done. And so it's like, it kind of kills me. People were like, fucking millennials are so lazy and entitled. And I'm just like... I mean, you can say this to anybody, but I'm just like, hold your fucking mouth right there, yeah. okay? Because yeah. I... Like you better, I, I, you bust. better
0: specify only a certain amount of millennials, okay? Because I'm falling yeah, into the like, other yeah. bracket. Yeah,
1: it's like I'm not sleeping because yes. I have things that I'm doing right now. You know?
0: <laughs> that is that is true, bro. Yeah, because we we do kind of fall into that. Because every time someone asks me if I'm a millennial, I'm like, yeah. Oh. Because I'm always hesitant because they're always gonna say, Oh, you fucking people are lazy. And I'm like, He do you don't know what I do on a daily basis, bro? Like I'm you don't know. Yeah, bro. Like I'm a baby boomer at heart. Like I'm fucking (laughs) I am not a millennial. (laughs) But yeah, dude, it's uh it does take a lot of work ethic. And um yeah, man, I'm I'm excited for it. I admire uh everything that you've gone through and I continue to uh tell this to you just because I think you're so great at it. But yeah, it's just the it's the beginning for you, man, and I'm stoked for retro recipes, and it's it's such a cool concept, man. And um, it, it looks like things are going great. I mean, I, I assume I see a couple brand deals you're doing here and there, but like in terms of the meat and potatoes of it, do you have any like goals for it? Any any upcoming projects that you're excited <clears throat> about? Like what's what's going on with it? So if I you uh, can share, you know, I don't you know. Don't, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I can I can I can share even like general things and stuff. But I think one of the big differences that I wanted to do going into this year. So last year, for anybody again that's listening, like I started retro Recipes um, around Easter of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, the video production was a lot less frequent. And it wasn't until last year around this time that I decided to kind of go into TikTok and then. Doing that, I, I started to get like the niche and the recognition that I, I I never got on Instagram. And so the visibility increased. And I was like, okay, let's let's evolve this, let's make more. And so I, I started producing hundreds and hundreds of videos. And they, you know, like everything that I do has kind of like a different theme. I want Retro Spe's Kitchen to almost feel like its own network station. Right. So you've got I've got kind of basically at this point like five or six totally different series. Um you know, I mean, like mystery meals, I've got my rich recipe videos that are like filmed and they look old and sound old. You know, I've got to bring it back, say, in the past series, which is kind of like faster and more informal and a bunch of others that, that I've done. The award winning recipe series, like each of these have like a very different special kind of like twist to it mm. that I, I think my audience kind of like gravitates towards some more than others. And so it makes it fun because it's something for everyone. And one of the things that I've been doing is like, because I built out so much variety, I made it so that it was really easy for brands to kind of slip in places and stuff and their little home of like how they would like to promote and advertise, you know? Yeah. And last year I did a lot of kind of just like one-off campaigns, you know, and for people that don't really know a one-off is basically like, let's say, um you know and uh, like an a frying pan company right let's say right. like made in right made mm-hmm. in reaches out and stuff and just like hey we'd like to do a partnership with you um we'll send you product and this is our scope of work here's your budget and then they do one post and then you they're done like they, they might not talk to you again for the rest of the year yeah you know what i've been trying to do is is make more of a focus this year where uh, I'm, I'm doing long-term collaborative efforts. So I'm actually reaching out to brands with a full pitch deck that is dedicated to just them. And, you know, mm. it's the whole idea of just like, this is what I would be offering for 12 months of service with these very specific things in mind. Um, this is my normal rate. This is what the full year would be. This is what a six month contract would look like. And then kind of more importantly, explaining the, The the reasoning, you know, it's like there's an entire section based around actual statistics that show the difference between. Yeah, I mean, it takes literally like somebody five to seven times uh, to see a brand before they actually recognize it as a thing. You know, this is one of the reasons why Coca-Cola and and like, you know, uh, Pepsi and like all these other brands, they might release like the exact same. Think of think of the insurance commercials that you see and they release the one commercial constantly yeah you know on on hulu or on tv or whatever it might be and you see this one advertisement a hundred times in a year right but after about a week you know the jingle you know exactly what they're going to say and then the next time they come up with a commercial you know it's going to be somewhat similar and it's like that recognition is is imprinted in your brain and that's why like they spend maybe a million dollars not to film it but to kind of play it over and over and over because the brand recognition is the most important part. Yeah. Yeah. So I try to impart this in my pitches to brands as well. I'm like, look, we could do a single one-off where it's going to be this much money, but I am trying to push for more of a long-term thing because I think the brand recognition is going to be more beneficial for you because at the end of the day, it's like, especially if it's like a smaller company, like mm. it's not going to benefit them at all to work with you or me or anybody else if you're only going to show it one time to your audience. They're going to be paying out X amount of money for something that that just statistically will not perform in their favor. It could be the best okay. product in history, but it won't won't really matter because people aren't going to trust it. They're not going to recognize it unless they've heard it from a couple of other sources. Right. Yeah. So one of the things I'm doing this year is kind of making it more of a point to focus on long-term contracts. Mm. And so I've been putting together a lot of pitch decks, having a lot of calls and emails and video chats with companies uh, to kind of like work on that. So the q one is basically setting up two, three, and four so that I can work on fewer projects and have the same, if not more, income. You know? Nice. Um, nice. And so it's not like it's necessarily less work, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like I don't have to stress about not knowing what August might look like, you know, right, whereas, right. you know, th- anything is extra. It's just kind of extra, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, and also, too, I mean, it's mental health, right? Like you've been you've been doing this for yeah. long enough to where you're you're smart enough to know, shit, man, if I don't fucking do X, Y, Z, there's going to be a lot of stress that trickles down mm-hmm. to that. And I think that's another thing where it comes down to the planning and the due diligence that you are taking. About figuring out a proactive way to make those long-term partnerships, because you know that yeah, you're going to put in more work, but it's more work with less companies. Which means if I could supplement that same income and do not less work, but less juggling, less plates in the air, as we're talking about,
1: it's almost like the same amount of work. You know, it's like it's almost like it could be the exact same amount that I would normally right. be doing, but but basically like in this case, it's just actually going to be benefiting the company more. And then I'd say like the other thing that I'm trying to do more is. I've been really enjoy- kind of like how you were talking about like a uh, podcast coaching, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I've actually been really enjoying helping out some of my friends that have like these larger platforms, but you know, they, they never did this kind of stuff before. And so I've, I've really been enjoying actually being able to like help and kind of coach people to understand the same way that we're talking about right now. It's like how they could be becoming more successful almost overnight. And it's like most of the people I'm, you know, like helping out and stuff, you know, it's like,
0: bro, I was going to do like one fucking, or two. I was going to call you after this and tell right. <laughs> you, bro, when you were telling me not only when we were just talking, but when you were talking about earlier, when you're helping a couple friends that weren't, I was like, you need to fucking charge and do this shit on the side. Like you need to be an influencer coach on the side as if you don't have enough well, going then, on, but <laughs> it's like, it, it, that's, it's, it's so, kind of fun because it's, know, it's
1: yeah, it's kind of fun because it's one of those things where it's like ultimately the, the idea and the goal, because I do enjoy it. I I, I genuinely like helping people and it's going to require a little bit of like finagling. Like, for example, like one of my friends, you know, he's got a, a very successful channel um, and I, I wrote to him and I was like, look, do me a favor. I was like, because he's, he's always coming with questions and stuff and I'm helping him out with all this and, and trying to help him get his first contract negotiated. And I was like, why don't you do this? make me a Bobby at your website email. Mm-hmm. We'll find a way to link that to mine. And so that way, when a brand is coming to you or like they're pitching something to you, you can say, send it to you at, you know, like Bobby at such and such or info at such and such, which links to me. Yeah. And then I can get that reply back appropriately and stuff, set up the communication and stuff. Because then there's an element of professionalism that goes into that as well. Whereas gotcha. like- Like you got a partner like a partner or like a like an agency because you know for example like the difference between what i'm doing right now for my friend that like my agency used to do for me when i was with them Mm -hmm. the only difference between what we're doing is literally the fact that they had x at the dot handle.com you know they had a website that was dedicated to that you know they, they maybe some more connections, but at the end of the day, it's like when it comes to negotiating things, some of those other stuff, is the same information. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I try to explain to him, like, hey, I'm happy to jump on calls and help out and help you negotiate and kind of like, make sure that you don't get hosed when it comes to like these things. But, uh, you know, it's like, I think it's going to look a lot better if it's not like, you know, my personal email at gmail.com being yeah. like thrown in the thread there. You know, it's like a brand is going to be less interested or less less uh, appreciative and so like that's something that we're going to be working on but eventually who knows maybe i might start up my own kind of uh you know agency of sorts and then kind of find a way to make commission through that because i feel i enjoy it and and at the end of the day it's just making connections and just kind of establishing relationships with these brands and these 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 people and then being able to share that with others because i already got him you know, immediately after like we did these couple of things got him got him a job he awesome. got him a job that we negotiated up pretty well and stuff and and That's you know great. it's like he was he was telling me he was just like yeah i want to pay you for this and i'm like i don't want you to pay me for this because this is something i'm doing friend i think it's i i, I want to help him yeah. you know but it's one of those things where i was like this we didn't do anything special it's like if i were to jump on a call and like help negotiate things personally or like if i was to work in a capacity where it's like i'm there as your voice to kind of make sure then i was like then i'll, I'll take a percentage of of whatever we kind of get out at the end but right. i know too many people that like you know work as agents and they make money doing this kind of stuff and they just take two percent when they they really
0: didn't shouldn't shit.
1: you know yeah. they didn't do shit you know yeah. and it's like you know my, my friend did all the work and so well, but yeah, that,
0: that'd be a future. Yeah, dude. And it, again, it's just such a cool – uh because you could pivot it a lot of different ways, right? You could uh do it with creators. You could do it with um <clears throat> actors. I mean, you there's so many things that you can go, and, and you have experience in a lot of stuff. So I think it'll be very beneficial, it's and it's a huge value because a lot of people don't know where to start. You know, a lot of people got the talent, mm-hmm. but don't know really where to start. Yeah. So, And I've learned so much just going through this process, you know, as it is. And then that's kind of why I wanted to dip more into podcasting is because a lot of people were asking. I was like, you know, I just fucking, I just like doing it. I like talking about it. So why not try to get paid for it? And I was like, what's the end game? The end game for me, like during the pandemic, I wanted to start this podcast studio. um, But, you know, rent right now is just way too expensive. But I essentially kind of wanted to make this space where you can have three rooms, four rooms maybe. And I even started looking at space earlier this year. But again, it's just the market right now. It just doesn't make sense to get uh, a commercial space or real estate as a whole. But I, I went to these spaces and I was like, you know, if I just get like these four rooms and then I can make each room to where it could be a la carte, you could bring your own signs or I can have a TV where I can put up your logo. But I have all my cameras, audio equipment, sound pads, lighting, uh, the roadcaster, Zoom, like whatever audio we're using to record, everything stays there in studio. You wanted to do a Retro Recipes podcast. You, let's say you and Keiko show up. You show up. You pay 150 200 bucks per hour. You record your podcast there. I have all the equipment for you. You don't bring anything. And then when you leave, I edit the podcast for you. And that's an additional fee as well. And
1: yeah. then now you
0: just hosted a podcast and you do not have to do shit. You don't have to have any equipment. You don't have to do anything. I'll make you the vertical kind. Con- and I was like, dude, I want to do that because I looked around and there's a lot of places that you can rent space but there's no actual studios where it has everything and also gives you the uh, the service. And I'm just like, how can I get there? Well, I got to build up a, a portfolio. I got to build up some clients. I got to get. I got to see if this is worth it locally. And that's where I'm like, all right, let me do the podcast coaching first. Let me build up like you know dozens and dozens of people that use my service that really like it. And then what if I told those people, hey, if I had a studio, is this something that's interesting to you? Would you do it? And then, if I could spend a couple of years building up that portfolio of those folks, then maybe I can dip into that world. And I feel like that's what you can be doing, and that's part of what you are doing now. Is like you're talking to these influencers and and people that want to grow, but then you're like build it up, and then if yeah. it's got some juice, you start your own agency, and boom, now you already have some clients on the back end.
1: I I think like the one thing that I would add to that is is kind of trying to think in a more globalized sense of things where it's like mm-hmm. the fortunate thing about like what I would be doing in the services that I provide is that I can do this remotely anywhere, right? True. And the only problem that I, uh, the only problem that I could see, and it's not a problem per se, but it's like the only criticism that I would say or something to kind of consider and think about is that at the end of the day, it's like- Location. you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, location. It's like think of like the WeWork studios, like, you know, WeWork, you know, it's like the, mm-hmm. those those kind of things where it's like rental office spaces and stuff. The reason why that works is because the people bought every single place they could possibly get in the entire country, and they were able to fill it up because just, like, the availability and, 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 like, the demand for it and stuff. Mm -hmm. It started off in in major kind of key hubs. The same reason why, like, you might see, like, you know, expansion of, like, restaurants or things like this after a certain point. And, you know, even though I don't know personally, right, how the market would look in Tampa or something else, you know, or even let's say like Miami, you know, but it's those things where I think that if you were to find a way to even like, let's say rent a space or, or have a property in a, in a location that is more Geared centered around. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, at least like where there might be like some kind of more of a metropolitan drive, mm-hmm. like, I mean, Tampa is not like a tiny city, but it's one of those things where it's like, is it a podcasting center? Is there yeah. a convention center? You know, it's like, are there like and that that's where I kind of get into where it's just like if you're going to be investing money and allocating funds into this, it's not that it's not a bad idea. It's a brilliant yeah. idea. I love the idea of creating a communal space that people can rent out. And it, and it's not like a new idea either. It's like people have done this with music studios and things but it does have a very specific yeah. thing, photography, yeah. you know, but, it, but it is one of those things where it's like, you know, Keiko and I, we had a studio in Brooklyn and I can say for, I can say for sure right now, it's like, it is not simple to run. It's not yeah. easy to run, but you got to be there. We made yeah. it work. You got to be there. You yeah. have somebody you can hire, but it's one of those things where you have to have the location being mm. a a first and foremost thing. And so it's like, I love the idea, but it's like, there's gotta be a way though, where you can still provide a similar service, you know, um, without necessarily having a a, space because I'm just trying to, I'm just thinking of like 10 years down the road, five years down the road, you know, it's just like in five years, the medium that we're seeing right now that you and I are doing, it's not going to be the same. We five years ago, we would not have been doing, a video chat like this in the same way that we're doing it right now. In five years from now, it's gonna to be totally different. In 10 years, it's gonna to be totally different. And it's like, I try to, everything that I do, I try to think of like that ski approach where it's like skate where the puck is going, mm. right? And so that's why it's like, I like there's a lot of isolated time in my office. I might be like sitting, I'll be burned out from editing and I'll take a step back and be like, how can I do this a little differently? What am I gonna be doing two years from now that I'm not doing right now or what could I be doing? And so those are the little things that like I'd also suggest to anybody else, where it's just like if you've got 30 minutes in your day before you have to cook a meal or before you have to be with your family or before you have to work or something mm. like this, take 30 minutes to think about what you love doing, whether it's creating or whether it's your work, you know, and and find ways to make that more efficient, make it more enjoyable. Find a, like every day, kind of like that that one percent better mentality. It's right. like every single trying to find something about it that you can be doing better or, or just find ways that you can slowly evolve and pivot, you know, um, because that, that's that's going to be like where the advice kind of comes in, because, you know, I, again, like living in New York, you know, it's like every agency, every place had their own. You know, like square footage, kind of like office that they would have everybody come in. So if we, if I had a meeting with my agents, you know, and like I'd come into the office from Brooklyn, go into the city, and do this stuff, and sit down for ten minutes just mm. for them to tell me something. Now, you know, it we're we're entirely remote. Right. I could have a conversation with with somebody from fucking Spain right now, you know, and yeah. and and it, it it doesn't even phase. But it's yeah. one of those things where like that wasn't a reality before the pandemic. So try to think again, like five years down the line.
0: Yeah, and that's the only reason I didn't pull the trigger on commercial because I even thought like, okay, so even, you know, down the road, what about, I even started going down this whirlwind of like, what if I rented an Airstream and leased it and then gutted it out and made that like a studio? And then I would just drop that off at people's house and they would pay to rent the Airstream and that would be the podcast or photography studio or something like that. And I was like, I started going back and then I'm like, all that sounds great, but at the end of the day, it's, it's all virtual. Like you said, I mean, it's people don't want physical anymore as much as they did. Like, you know, I, I, I talk to Brenda about this all the time because she's fully remote now and they're not even talking about going into this, into the space, but they did a survey with all the iHeart employees where she works. And they're like, how many of you would want to come to the office once a week, just for a meeting? Not one person said they would go back. Yeah. So it's like, but
1: again, like, that's why I think it's, yeah but again i think that's why it's also so important like when we're talking about kind of like pitching yourself to brands and stuff like this right we are now getting this place we're boxing ourselves in tighter and tighter to like our own little circles Mm. and so you know that's why i think it's so important that like I make it a point when i'm reaching out to somebody even if it's an email and they come back they're like that sounds great i still make it a point to say let's jump on a call because I want them to physically see me. I want them to see my personality, to hear my voice, to understand that I'm a person. Because we need to be able to, we 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 have to at this point actually kind of fight to kind of keep some mm. of this like humanity in what it is we're doing and stuff. Yeah. Because we're getting, like you said, like nobody wants to go to an right. office. Nobody wants to be around other people, but we still long for that connection, even if we don't yeah. want. to, We feel better when we've had
0: it. For sure. No question. I mean, that's, you know, and that's why with you, I like to call. I mean, there's a good good close group of friends that I call or FaceTime just randomly or just, you know, make it a monthly thing, which by the way, we need to do it more. But it's like one of those things where I just can't handle this, this society disconnecting more like every day. It's, it's whether it's the brands I work with. Literally, right? Like it just seemed like people just Out of nowhere, they're like, oh, there was a pandemic. So for the rest of my lives, I'm going to stay disconnected and stay on my phone and and not talk to people. And then when I end up talking either to you or like my close friend, and I'm just like, this is way better. This is way better than Mm -hmm. being like at the house on the couch on my phone scrolling like a fucking maniac when I could just have this. And obviously,
1: yeah. And obviously, it'd be better if it was like you and me in person, but it is something to be said about the fact that it's like there is a way to kind of like, like uh, kind of get like what you need out of just a virtual right. like camera setup like this, jump on a podcast, whether it's good or bad audio and stuff, like totally. th- there's a, that's enough for, I think for most people, yeah. you
0: know? Well, and what's even more fascinating about this meeting is people don't understand, you know, we're going on almost two hours here talking. So yeah, right. I don't know about you, but we've been pretty much engaged like we usually are when we talk, but we we haven't touched our phones. Like we haven't looked no. on social media <laughs> in in two hours, right? And think about a time, if you're out there listening, think about a time where a day goes on that you're awake. You have two hours away from your phone. (laughs) Bro, that would never fucking happen. (laughs) Even when- Unless uh, you're working. uh, Unless you're working, of course. But even when you're working, if you're in our business, you're always fucking, right? You're posting and you're doing shit and you're looking. But like, Brenda and I were out at First Watch this morning for brunch. Shout out First Watch. And we went there and we found ourselves like almost when there's a little bit of dead air. We grabbed our phone and we're like, oh, Like we had to stop, and that was a mm-hmm. thirty-minute brunch, right? Because we need that constant dopamine hit. And when you're yeah. doing when you're doing things like this, and when you're Facetiming, when you're talking, that's why I love Facetiming with people. That's why I love randomly Facetiming you, is because you can't go on social media and also Facetime, right? Like you you can't scroll, listen to videos, and also Facetime somebody because they'll know because your screen will go black. But I've like had phone calls with people. I don't know if you have, but I've had phone calls with people and I'll be like, especially my mother, where, sorry, mom, but she'll call me randomly on the phone and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Tell me about your day. And I like find myself going on fucking Instagram for a second. (laughs) (laughs) She'll ask me a question. I'm like, what what was that? Sorry. And then I'm like, okay. So even still, I'm on the physical phone and I I find myself. But when I'm FaceTiming with somebody, obviously you're just in it. You know, and and there's something unique and special, and we need that as a society. I think we need to continue that eye to eye contact. You know, it's here's
1: my thought. Here, here's my theory. Okay, in in ten years, if if we are, if the world is still existing, okay, is this a prediction? <laughs> in, Hold
0: on, this is a prediction. Yeah.
1: Clip it. This is Clip a it. prediction. Okay, in ten years, we are either going to be like so far like we're going to be so desperate to connect with people that we are no longer going to want to be on our phones or we are going to be so far gone that like there, I, I couldn't even, I can't even visual. I mean, like, again, think about like 50 years before the idea of telling somebody we keep our phones in our pocket all the time, you know, they, they would laugh at us. Yeah. But it's like, I, I, I just truly can't imagine. I think that there's a certain point Either the new generation is coming, is going to actually sit there and realize, oh, you know, how, like, cause you know, like how old things are now coming back. So it's like people right now wearing like Y2K fashion, or like 80s, 90s fashion, they're like, this is so fresh and cool. You know, like, I think in the same kind of way, it's going to be one of those things where people are going to be like, oh, God, you know what's so cool is actually talking to a person in person, <laughs> you know, or like, and like writing still mail. It's going to be, it's going to be in vogue to actually like, do this analog shit that we call talking to a person instead of just like scrolling through phones. And I think that it's going to be like the trend in 10 years where it's like, right now we're spending so much time talking and thinking and brainstorming about ways to like fit into the model and the mold of what we have right now. And then by the time we actually figure it out, people are going to be like, I'm with, I only want to talk to people in person, get away (laughs) from me. You don't want to do a zoom chat. I don't do zoom chats. A mm-hmm. more organic we go, conversation.
0: We go, we go to cafes and we talk and sit with people. Do you bring your laptops? Psh, that was so 2020. Like yeah. you have to keep to your face. phone
1: in a Faraday bag. You know, yeah.
0: it's like, <laughs> dude, you're you're so right too. Because we, I, I thought we were going to be like that after the pandemic. You know, like I thought within that two years that we were all isolated, and I thought like the next day I was going to get like an influx of like. You know, this love and this, uh, let's go out to dinner, let's do this. And there was a little bit of that, sure, but I feel like it's kind of tapered off and now it's really not there. And the help with like Chat GPT isn't helping, where it's making everything so like automated. And the, there's a whole wormhole we can go down there too. But it's, it is like we're, we're, there's so much cool shit on these devices and on this laptop. And I found myself consuming so much of it. Um, especially when I was going through hiatus or like trying to figure out what to do in the career where, you know, you're spending six to eight hours on your phone. And if you're sleeping eight hours a day, if you're lucky, that's half the day that you're spending just not interacting with people. And uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of scary, you know? And then, you know, you, you think about like what's actually going on in the world, like real world shit, which I'm sure you have opinions on, which maybe we'll have to do a whole another podcast on that. But like people don't understand that like world war three is really close. Like we need to be super aware. It's, and co- <laughs> it's closer it's than it was like two time years since, ago. Yeah.
1: It's the <laughs> yeah. first time since like the eighties where it's like, like I, I'd say like kind of like seventies, eighties, like cold war, you know, yeah. like pre cold war and the cold war era and stuff. This yeah. is the first time where in, like, in eh. like almost 40 years where we're kind of just able to sit there and be like, Oh, I could, I could see a lot of bad things happening and it's like, we are seeing a lot of bad things happening, but, uh, but I mean in like the, I mean in that, like, yeah, yeah, it's like it, it, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's again a very different conversation. But
0: that's, that's, what's fascinating about where we live. Right. Because the reason I bring that up is like, we're Mm -hmm. so like into this, you know, that we forget about everything else. Like we forget about the real world shit that's going on. when, And maybe we do that subconsciously that we don't want to hear about it. And I'm sure there's a little bit of that too. But I think it's important to to realize that because what's cool, that's why I love like studying, you know, planets and astrology and like just out of the world thinking is because it makes you feel small. And I think we need that mm-hmm. a little bit more. I think when we look at our device, we feel big, right? Because we're in control. We can scroll. I could like, I could dislike I can commentate to go fuck yourself. I can commentate this this is a great video. So we're in control when we're on our devices. So when we get out of the devices and we start thinking about the real world, everything's out of our control. Everything, even your health, everything's out of control. You don't control shit. And that's scary to people, I think. You know?
1: I, I think uh, like you kind of nailed it though, where it's like in a weird way, it's it's like the blessing and the curse, where it's like mm. if you are actually able to take time to understand that we are like <laughs> it's like I keep seeing these things pop up where it's just like our cells are made up of hundreds and billions of other small cells that form those cells, which then form life, which then is on planet Earth. And that there are like you could fit a 100,000 Earths in the sun, but then there is like a bigger like version of the sun where you could fit a hundred million suns inside of that sun, which then, yeah. then fits into a bigger universe. that it expands. Oh, and it's also an ever infinitely expanding universe. Yeah. And like, it's a really quick and easy way to just sit there and just realize that you just like nothing fucking matters. And man, everything man. that we talked about, this conversation was so, and we wasted two hours of your day. If you're listening to this. Yes.
0: <laughs> because there was way more crazier than shit going on in this. Yeah.
1: Make sure that you go out. You order that fucking pizza. You get those cinnamon rolls. You eat it and enjoy it because this is <laughs> this might be the last fucking day that you could do it.
0: <laughs> and with that motivational speech, <laughs> everyone, good luck out there. We're all fucked. Hey, we're funky. Uh, by the way, that is a <laughs> default like music bed. And I'm really into it. Actually, that was the first time I've I love used it. it, and I think it's going to be my outro <laughs> for the rest of my life. Um, it's
1: it's <laughs> it's so good. Which, as we just said, could possibly be like eight Come seconds on. from now. So that's right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but dude, listen, man it's it's always good to hear from you, man. I'm so glad uh, things are going well with Retro, and uh, let people know where where they could find you, what you got going on, all your socials, all that, so that way they can uh, check you out.
1: So yeah, uh, as Tony mentioned at the beginning of this, you can actually find all the information in the show notes below. But uh, you can also find me on Instagram at fellow, Um, or you can find me on TikTok at Retro Recipes Kitchen. Reci- recipes with an S. <laughs>
0: I love it, dude. You're, you're doing such a great job, man. I'm so proud of you, so happy for you. And uh, I miss touching your face. So we're gonna have to do this in person. Ooh, don't squeeze too hard, my cheekies. All right, Bobby. Well, dude, <laughs> let, you 20. got Yeah, I know, dude. Don't remind me. I'm gonna have to edit that out somehow. Just cut off for it. <laughs> um, and you only got like what, twenty-four hours left of freedom? I mean, what what do you got going on? Right? You got the place to yourself yeah, for like much. the next day? Yeah.
1: I got it for about like twelve hours. Yeah, like Keiko yeah. gets back. I have to drive down to Miami. I'm gonna pick her up with uh, her girlfriend so she went to Argentina with. Around like seven in the morning, six, seven in the morning. And, uh, but honestly, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I I'm yeah. useless when I'm by myself. Like <laughs> I try to stay as productive as possible, but like my routine and my life is entirely disrupted when Keiko's out of town. So it's like, I look forward to her getting Once back. back. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: No, you guys are definitely yin and yang. Like, you know, just you by yourself. Like I, I couldn't imagine it's, you know, you need, you need her. And she needs you, just like Brenda needs me and I need her. It's, you know, perfect, perfect match for sure. But all right, dude, (laughs) well, hey, enjoy the next 12 hours of freedom, buddy. And um, I will talk to you after this, I'm sure.
1: Talk to you later, brother.
0: Later, buddy. Oh, hey there. First of all, thanks for making it to the end of this video. Not a lot of people do according to the YouTube analytics, but I I do want to say thanks for listening to this. There's some more episodes if you want to check those out and they're all just as good. But if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Check out those timestamps below to reference uh, some of the topics I talked about, as well as some discount links to some of our sponsors and affiliates. But uh, thanks for listening to this episode and uh, we'll see you next time.